not everyone wants the same thing out of this industry. And for us, the pandemic finally made us sit down and take a look at what do we want our career to look like? For so long, we've just been playing the game of like, mm -hmm. what's an indie band supposed to do to be successful? We're just going right. to play the game until we, we, it finally works out for us. We were so obsessed with chasing the numbers. And finally, we, we realized like, maybe we can live the exact type of career that we want just yeah, by being yeah. creative and clever. We don't have to wait till we have 30 million streams on a song to right, tour right. the all 50 states. That, that was the beauty of this tour is we actually lived out exactly the type of career that we'd want. We were always thinking about how do we make this fun for everyone? How can people get involved with this and, and also take joy out of it? It was our dream tour and we actually made it happen just by being clever and inventive instead mm -hmm. of sitting around and making excuses, waiting till some industry person comes and, and becomes our Jesus. This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee unlimited uploads and you keep a hundred percent of your royalties check out districtkid.com what's going on welcome to the new music business i'm your host ari herstand author of how to make it in the new music business the book third edition coming very very soon today my guests are the guys from walden the band walden and their manager matt uh they have an interesting story uh at the kind of the fall to the end uh, during the winter of 2021 uh, i guess september to december to be exact they went on a 50 state tour they called it 50 states on 50 dollars and that means they left uh their hometown of nashville with 50 dollars that they could spend on expenses and the rest they made happen they booked it themselves they don't have a booking agent and it was a pretty crazy ride they tell a bunch of stories in this episode so if you want to hear some tour stories from the road and how they made it all work and how uh you know 18 hours ago they landed their show in pensacola florida and how that all went down we get into that and you know they came they grossed eighty thousand dollars on this tour uh which is quite a feat for never visiting the vast majority of these states or cities um prior to leaving for the tour very impressive group of guys great music by the way you should check out walden uh the band if you're into alt rock if you love coldplay if you're into that sound and that whole style um these guys are a great rock band find them on instagram it's walden grams or find them on tiktok where's walden tour you can actually visit the website we're going to link it in the show notes of the where's walden tour.com and you can kind of learn all about it and play with their interactive map find me at ari herstan on instagram and twitter find all of us that are making the show happen at ari's take on instagram tiktok and twitter visit ari's take.com get on that email list you'll be notified about all future episodes and all the most important info on the new music business we send out to the email list so ari's take.com get on that and please give us a five-star review on spotify and apple Podcasts, or however you're listening to this please give us that five-star review give us a comment love to love to read these comments uh, all right, let's kick into the show. All right, 
Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, we got we got the band Walden here. We got their manager Matt here today. We have four people. This is the most packed uh episode i've ever had of guests all at once um i'm very excited to uh to see how how i can uh manage this <laughs> um no it's gonna, it's gonna be, be great fun. Matt's a manager so he can help you out great matt you're gonna definitely have to help me with this one um okay affair with walden absolutely um all right so this is interesting because um yeah, I'm excited for you to tell the story uh, today because, you know, the headline, which I introed already, um, is that uh, the band Walden uh, did a uh, Where's Walden tour where they visited 50 states, uh, played 51 shows, um, and you're a totally independent band. I'm assuming you guys kind of booked this yourself and promoted it, and, and what was most impressive is because... You know, a lot of bands go on tours uh, and they book it and they try to do it themselves and no one shows up and they lose their asses. They come home, they break up. Um, I've seen that. You know, it's a timeless story. Unfortunately, it just it happens uh, in your initial email to to me. You're like, yeah, between one to three hundred people came to every show and you hadn't visited most of those states. So I want to know how you did all of this. Step me through the whole process. Uh when you booked it, how you booked it, how you promoted it, and uh let's just yeah, go from there. Who's gonna kick us off? Yeah, I'll kick it off uh, on the booking side. Uh Matt okay. and I and Jamie. This um, is Andrew. We yeah, this is Andrew speaking. We uh we kind of took control of the booking aspect of it. And the way we did it is... Hold on, Andrew. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Can you turn your reverb off? I know you guys are all musicians or something, but uh, I got some like I got some echoing something happening here. Oh. And I, I want to make sure that uh, we're not we're not in the vocal session just yet. I, I think uh, we're just going to keep it. Totally. Is it still going? Check, check. It's a, it's a little bit. We don't It'll have any. Fine. We're on very basic. Just kiss the mic. It, it, might, it might be our massive house, Ari. We, we live in a pretty baller mansion here in Nashville. <laughs> Interesting. All right, keep going. We'll 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 figure it out after. It's no no problem. I'll talk. Okay, close to the mic. So that's cool. What we did is uh, we have toured before, so we did have some main markets that we've been going to. Um, okay, those included Atlanta, where we're from, Nashville, where we currently live, mm. New York City, L.A., Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, anything I'm missing? Those were some of the main cities. And so what we did first was we booked shows in those markets and considered those like those were our anchor dates. So before we had anything, we knew exactly when we would be playing in New York City. We knew Mm -hmm. exactly when we would be playing in Chicago. That's one I forgot was Chicago and Denver and LA, et cetera. So that's how we started. And then once we had that, we knew we were going to sell tickets in those markets. We knew we were going to make money in those markets. So then it was about filling in everything in between. And the Mm -hmm. goal for that was how can we do shows that are, one, interesting and fun for us, and then interesting and fun for for our audience. So, for example, that, that is how we found ourselves in West Virginia on a rafting on a river with with a rafting guide who is the man (laughs) and then after our rafting trip we went and set up a show and played for the entire you know crew of rafting guides that live there on a mountain so it's like you know where were we going to play in west virginia 
we didn't really know, but we wanted to have the ability to do something cool. And that opportunity <laughs> fell in our lap. So before we get into all these other shows in the West Virginia rafting trip and all that, um, <laughs> so the, the, the show, so you felt confident about Chicago, New York, Atlanta, Nashville. Uh, how many times have you visit, had you visited those cities prior? You can go ahead, Rich. Well, we've been in New York like six times before that, okay. five, five times. Uh, we played in Atlanta. I, we've been a band for 10 years. Uh, okay. We're originally from Atlanta. We went to school in Athens, Georgia. Cool. University of Georgia. So we've been playing in Atlanta in the southeast area for for a long time. Um, okay. And then we made one California trip before. Um, never played in Denver. However, we had we knew we had a ton of fans in Denver. Yeah. Um, mm. Why, how did you know that? Uh, just like our, I don't know, just a bunch of Southeast people have like moved out to Denver, and we huh. we, we just we just had a feel, and then you know Spotify stats, etc. You know, okay, we felt good about that one. Chicago, we felt great about. Um, so yeah. Um, okay, cool. So all right, so you had some of these anchor dates uh, that you knew going out were going to be your. Um, at least uh, you're going to sell well and, and theoretically some money makers help you get to through the, the whole show. So that was going into this. How many of those were there? There were, I think, seven. So that okay. was that was Atlanta, New York, Chicago, Denver, L.A., mm-hmm. And I'm probably missing a couple, but it was. But are you are you asking how many of them were booked before we actually left? Well, no. Let's let's get into it. So uh, let's do it. So you had seven, (laughs) but no, no, no. But like, yeah, it's good to know going into this. You wanted to do 50 states. Uh, Mm -hmm. Seven of those uh, dates, um, you had a draw in. You'd previously played. You knew you could probably get some people out, do well in those cities. So. Talk to me about the process of booking from start to finish. You have seven. You're like, all right, those are anchor dates. What about the other 43? Right. So I'll, I'll take this again. Yeah. So what, what we then did was we started the full on onslaught of outreach to literally everything. The idea was like, if we thought of emails, you know, the, the idea was like, if we reach out to every single possible place where we could play, yeah. there's going to be something that pops up. That's really cool. So, mm. so that is what ended up happening. We were reaching out to every brewery in a city, every unique performance space. You know, we played a really cool DIY space in Boise, Idaho, where we had never uh. been before. Um, so that was it. Was really the idea of like throw all the paint at the canvas and and see what see what comes okay. out. Okay, but let's. Uh, I'm a. I'm a. I'm I'm incessant and obsessed with the details and the how and the specifics and so I want to get into the weeds here. So you so what yeah yeah. So so what do you mean that uh you so how who what who are you reaching out to and how did you find these people? You, like how did you stumble upon this 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 center in Boise, Idaho and all that stuff? So like step me through the process. Who's doing what? There's four people here right now. Um mm-hmm. and like who took what? What day, when, what day were you starting the tour? What day did you start booking this, doing the reach outs? Who are you reaching out to? What did the emails look like? Like, step me through this process here. I can, I can talk on this for a while. So we, <laughs> we started a spreadsheet 
which has thousands, thousands of rows now with contact information, the city, all the information we needed. We had email templates on Gmail. So if I'm reaching out to 40 venues in North Carolina, I had a template that where I had to adjust a few things, but then we were reaching out and this was Matt, Jamie and I took, took the bulk of the booking, booking work. Okay. Um, so we honestly, when we started the tour, we started on September 10th, we had everything up through the East coast and into Chicago. It was about 20 shows booked before we left on the tour. So do some quick math. You got 30 shows left to book while on the Uh, tour. So we were a huge part of this was that our van was a grind zone. The hot spot was working <laughs> harder than you could ever imagine. And we were multiple yeah, hot I mean, spots. The specifics of it are literally like breweries in insert city, get the contact info, make your mm. list and bomb the emails out. And mm. and you know so the the Boise one, another strategy that I found during the tour was going on local Facebook pages. So I went and found local Boise musicians network or musicians of Boise. And I made posts about our tour. I said, anyone interested in figuring this out with me, someone Mm. reached out right away and was like, dude, this is cool. I have a space. I think we can put something together. And sure enough, we had 60, 70 people packed in this like warehouse space in in Boise. And it was, you know, a really good time. So that that DIY tour postings too. Yeah. DIY tour postings is another group. It's a big Facebook group that I think is, you know, national and, um, and it, it, uh, yeah, it, it allows you to say, Hey, I got a tour coming through the Northeast. I need a date. I need one date in Philadelphia anyone got anything for this date. So you were just using, you were just Googling breweries. Why did you, why did you start with breweries uh, in the cities versus traditional music venues? We didn't necessarily start with breweries. What happened was we, we started reaching out to all the traditional music venues. But as you know, if you've never been to a a city, Mm -hmm. it's hard Mm -hmm. to, it's hard to get a date somewhere. That's Mm -hmm. just how it is. So the places where we sold tickets, we can get legit, you know, venues. But mm-hmm. what we found is for our specific tour, breweries and establishments like breweries were a great kind of middle ground where one, we could guarantee ourselves an audience and two, guarantee ourselves a little bit of a payday. You know, what we found is that venues are a lot, uh, a lot less likely to kind of, you know, go ahead and say, all right, $400, you, a guarantee, you got it for right. the night. There's mm-hmm. a guarantee for you. But a brewery, is is more open to saying you know what few hundred bucks we love your music come on down play it play a set and you know it is what so it is. these so, brewery shows they were giving you guarantees and they weren't charging tickets necessarily they figured yes. you're providing entertainment for yes. their guests right okay cool exactly and, and and if i can jump in for a sec uh just yeah, taking man. it back one second so before we hit the road i mean before any of the actual on tour uh started out we had to map out how are we going to get through 50 states. And for context, we did it in 91 days. So it wasn't just like we could play in this state in any given day. Once we had about 10 dates booked, which were mm-hmm. major cities like LA was in November, November 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denver, Colorado was November 14th. New York was September 22nd. So once we had certain anchor mm-hmm. dates, we knew how many days were in between each date. So, so we knew like if it was actually physically possible to get from one state to the next. So in the first... 25 state i think the first 25 days we hit like 21 shows it was like boom 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 not very much downtime but then new york city were there for like three or four nights and then we keep moving so 
we had a lot of those key cities um, that we knew like, A, we had to book months in advance. I mean, the, the I think the guys actually booked Atlanta and New York first and they were booking that in like April, May. So like many mm -hmm. months in advance. And then once I was on board with the tour, um, we started to book some more of the cities like Chicago, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan ended up being a venue show, et cetera. So once we hit the road- Where'd you play in Ann Arbor, the Blind Pig? Played the Blind Pig. I went to school yeah, there and I I'd always wanted pig. to put always wanted to put a show there. And so it was cool to go back. You um, went to we University of Michigan? I went there, yeah. Cool. And what so, years? And I, uh, I graduated in 2018. Okay. So post Wolfpack, I guess. All right. Post Wolfpack, but they came <laughs> and did a free show on the streets my like junior year, which was awesome. They did, it was Got like it. a pop-up show. So yep, yep, super yep. cool of them. Okay. Um, but all, all that to say... Um, we we like had a spreadsheet with every single day of the tour listed mm -hmm. out um and then anytime we booked a show we'd highlight it blue um, nice. or sorry we'd highlight it green um, no not we, nice no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we finished okay. it we highlighted a different color and dates we needed to book were a different color so andrew cool. jamie and i took a, a lot of lead on the booking side like andrew mentioned and mm -hmm. anytime we booked a new show it was like a victory like we yeah. we'd be i mean we have stories to tell and we'll get into those but it was it was you know a lot of on, a lot of building the plane and flying yep. at the same time type of thing but we knew at the minimum we had this mission that the guys came up with which was we're going to tour all 50 states mm -hmm. and we did it we played nice. a show in every state and made at least some money in every show and uh, so, came out on top at the end and and, and we're still standing so amazing amazing so logistically you're saying okay you got this spreadsheet i'm assuming this is a, a google sheet because it's shared and it has to be in the cloud you're not each having your own excel sheets needing to email each other and you know getting all that messed up so okay you're storing this in the cloud um did you use any other booking services like India on the Move or anything else for mm -hmm. research or outreach or anything like that? I, I used India on the Move um, a, a good amount to just find venues, but I found it was just pretty old school and outdated. Um, okay. Yelp ended up being our best friend. If you search like nice. bars with live music in the you know insert city, mm -hmm. um, there'll be a, a Yelp article or two, and almost always the art the the coffee shops or breweries or bars listed on that article were legit. Um, so Yelp ended up cool. in, my, in my experience being like probably my, my go-to resource for finding Andrew, Andrew took lead on a lot of the Facebook DIY stuff, which worked out yeah. a couple of times really the well. Face, the Facebook stuff. There's a, a few little hacks. There is if you can't find the contact information on a venue's site or, or an establishment's website, most likely their email is on their Facebook page because it's mm. a required field. So right. there were a lot of places that I was like, ah, this could be a really cool thing, but clearly their website wasn't updated, but the email was right on their Facebook page or they replied to a Facebook message. Yeah, so, I found that if you Facebook messaged a brewery or a bar or a coffee shop, that typically goes to the owner and they almost always responded pretty quickly. So they might be like, hey, definitely interested, email this person or yeah. call this person. But cool. I got to the point where we were calling venues. There, there were some some last minute bookings already and yeah. we can go on for days about this, but you, you can ask the guys, I'm making 50 phone calls to every brewery in Pensacola, wow. Florida, basically begging <laughs> someone to take us. And wow. because, because you know this plan shifted, put us in this city instead of this city and we had this much time. So like the show had to be Monday night. But we were traveling with a PA system, rack unit. The guys are super professional touring artists, so we could basically plug and play anywhere. Um, so there was definitely some, you know, I'd say like a traditional promoter or agent might have looked at some of our tactics and, and thought that's not how you do it. But uh, well, me, it worked the, for us. That's amazing. And Matt, were you on the road with them, too? Or were you doing this remotely? Yeah. So for a, a little more context, I met the guys that year. 
um, through a friend. That year, and, you mean 20, last year, 2021? Uh, yeah, less than a year ago now. It was March okay. 2021. And okay. we, can, we conceived the tour together, um, and they, they did all the branding and came at me and were super excited. You made excited. that sound kind of sexual, Matt. We conceived the tour together. <laughs> <laughs> on the, on the um, first day we met. <laughs> yeah, literally the first time I ever met these guys in person, I was in Nashville. Coincidentally, um, I had been introduced to Richard and Eric like a month prior, and we went mm-hmm. to get drinks, and I didn't have any expectations, but I was trying to become a manager at the time, and... Mm. Uh, and th- they happened to be looking for management and literally, I mean, I, I, actually I want Eric to tell the story, but in the first meet, um, let's just say the, the Where's Walden tour came from that. So cool. Eric, you want to, you want to fill in the blanks there? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So we're sitting at this bar called Rosemary and Beauty Queen in East Nashville. It's one of our favorites. That's what it's called. I've been yeah. thinking about what was that spot called for a while. So thank you, Eric. Yeah. yeah. And so, so yeah, we're sitting there with Matt and he's just trying to sort of get to know our band and understand our situation and how he can fit into the whole picture. And he figured out that we have a van. We had a nice van that we were just sitting on and we weren't really touring, obviously, mm-hmm. because the pandemic had made things pretty difficult. But he, he had got to thinking, he was like, guys, we could do some sort of tour with your van. Like, we don't have to sit here. Mm-hmm. And, and then he went and he went, he went to the bathroom. And at the same time that he went to the bathroom, I, I like started going off on a little uh, train of thought because I, this was around the same time that the pandemic was making me go nuts. And I was like, I yeah. just want to travel anywhere, you know, just mm. get out of here. <laughs> We've been stuck in our house. And I've always wanted to see all 50 states. That's just like a weird bucket list item I've always wanted to cross off. And then I was like, why can't I combine that with our band? And we do a tour Mm. and we try to hit all 50 states. So Matt gets back and I'm like, I got it, dude. This is what we're going to do. We're going to tour all 50 states. And Matt's like, okay, cool. That sounds cool. Yeah. (laughs) In my head, I was like, these guys are nuts. And I I fucking love it. Like, let's go. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Um, But but to answer your original question, I did go on the road with the guys. And we also brought on a friend of mine, a a friend who I went to Michigan with, who was a photographer. And he captured the entire tour. Every nice. second of it, he, you know, we have we have so much content, um, hard drives worth. And he, his name is Sam. We called him Sam with the cam, and he was constantly shooting. And so the six of us w- were really the, nice. I guess, the touring party. And Sam was also my right hand man, and you know, logistics. And you know, if if things just had to get done and required mm-hmm. a human being to do it, you know, Sam was like my co tour manager. And, and that's nice. his right hand man. In regarding to shooting as well. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I learned a lot about uh, photography being Sam's assistant. That was the one mm. time he got to boss me around. Um, <laughs> but was Sam shooting video as well? Because you guys got a, yep. some video capture from the from the dates too, right? Yeah, ton of video, tons of video. Yeah, cool. Um, well, yeah. So tell me one of these last minute. Uh, not so. So you had well, let's let's back up a little bit. Twenty shows before you left for the tour. So you had 30 to book. That's generous, while... by the way. I, I think it was more like 15, like solidified, and then like five okay. holds that were like, Got it. maybe we were going to do that show, maybe <laughs> not, but like 15, like confirmed, ready to be announced. Okay. So give me some uh, last minute, oh shit, near, oh shit moments where what was the like the closest call you ever had with not having a show? Matt, you got to tell the Philly story. There, I'll, there's a couple there. The, 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 the one that comes to mind is Philly. Um, so on night three of the tour, I'm still getting to know these guys, right? Jamie's yeah. not here, but I'm still getting to know them. I knew Sam because he was a friend of mine. 
uh-huh. but I wanted to, you know, Same I wanted to can. deliver. Like I wanted to show the guys like what I was made of and, um, sure. and, and, and be able to bring opportunities and, and such. And, and I had, uh, I had booked a, a fraternity party at UPenn in Philly. And okay. so we knew we wanted to do Philly because uh, Pittsburgh was completely out of the way. So it was Philly and it was going to be a Friday night. It had to be the state. And yep. at our third show, which was Virginia and Richmond, we played at an art gallery, which was so cool. Um, mm. Like maybe 15 people came, but those people all bought t-shirts and all had a great time. And we have great nice. photos from it. Um, but at that show, I got the email that the fraternity had to pull out um, due to the university not approving of the event. Um, I actually had two different schools give me the same information at the same exact time, UConn and Philly. It's huh. like the fraternities colluded and wanted to ruin my night. And oh, I'm like this upbeat, cheery guy. And the guys only knew me in that light. But in the middle of their set, like I, I got real pouty. And I was, I was like, <laughs> like, I wanted to be present at the show. But also this was a Tuesday night and the Philly mm-hmm. show was going to be that Friday. So I had mm-hmm. to figure something out. So I jumped on my laptop. Um, and just started sending like the subject line was like urgent booking requests, like Walden in, in Philly X date. I sent out like 25 emails and I didn't tell the guys about any of this. I wanted to keep their spirits up, finish the show, got in the van. We're driving to like a motel six at one in the morning and I break the news. Um, and I'm like, guys, I'm going to figure this out. Like I just, no one stress. Like we got this. And I got an email from the owner of like a hundred cap, like dive bar in Philly called the fire. The owner emailed me at one in the morning. Hi Matt, it's Karen. Call me. I got that email at one in the morning. So I called her at one in the morning in the van. I was like, guys, I think Sam might have even, we might have a video of this somewhere. And I speak with her and it's funny. My mom's name is Karen. So I instantly, you know, broke bread with her and we're having a great chat. And she's like this opera singer, has like a lot of cool. history. And she owns this rock venue that boasts like all these rock bands, like My Chemical Romance played there and whatever. And she likes us. And she said, a band just backed out. So Friday's open. But we, had, we hadn't played in Philly. So she said, the date's yours if you can get three local bands on the bill. And, <laughs> oh you know, I'm like, all right, challenge accepted. I said, I'll have it by noon tomorrow. So the next day we're in D.C. and the guys oh are God. at some museum. What, what, what museum was it, guys? No, we were at the we were Lincoln at the Memorial. <laughs> oh no no, I'm oh, talking about the Lincoln Aiden. Memorial. The Smithsonian. This this is first. We're at the Lincoln Memorial, and the guys are taking photos. And I'm in the corner where there's one outlet, like plug, I, laptop yeah. plugged in on a hot spot, like grinding away. All um, right, I'm DMing. I've got the video. I would, like we're 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 enjoying the Lincoln Memorial, and I pan over the camera, and and Matt is actually sitting in the corner of the Lincoln Memorial, totally zoned out on his <laughs> headphones in, sending good emails. manager. Amazing yeah. manager. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 yeah, and so I, I was like, I gotta get fans. So I went on Instagram, looked at like hashtags, I went on Spotify, I found like local Philly legends, DM'd every band, I messaged every person I know in Philly, I went on Facebook, literally like, you know, tactics that would have come right out of your book. Like I was just like any on full full offensive press to like get bands and I found a band called Pinewood Derby. They were like 16 or 17. They lied and told me they were 21. And they uh, they were like instantly like we're in. And so and they're like kind of alternative punk. Like it was it was it was awesome. And then could um, they bring I'm, I'm anyone of age that could drink? So we'll get no. to that. And so <laughs> I, the answer is no. Um, yeah. but it was still a great night. And then you know they recommended some other artists, and then I ended up finding a second artist, Ben Roberts, who was like friends with them in the same like scene. Right? It was like this like Philly yeah. like music scene. And so. The same sixteen-year-old um, scene is what we're talking about pretty here. Pretty much, Got pretty it. much. Okay. Um, like, never been a hey, part of. 
And, Karen and needs then, to be more specific. Don't not just local <laughs> bands. You want like local bands of age. But anyway, continue. Yeah. <laughs> and then the venue hits me back that they found another artist um, and who was like moving to Philly. So they found I'm like, all right, we got a bill. So we, we put a poster together. Last minute Palooza. We go to Temple University. I'm like handing out flyers to like everyone I can. It was like down the street from the venue. Wow. And we had no idea what to expect. But the, the, the capacity was like 100. I think we sold like 81 or 82. Um, Whoa, and each, yeah, the, you know, Pinewood Derby and Ben Roberts each drew like 20 ish. Nice. We drew like 25 and wow. maybe we each drew like 25 and I think the third guy drew like 10 or something, but regardless of the draw, Amazing. we like put it together and the whole day. I'm just like frantic. Like mm-hmm. I'm so worried that it's going to like be an absolute crap shoot. And, and it was in the best way. Um, we get to this bar, we set it up and it's just really like, the, it's, it's kind of dingy, but it's like pretty rock and roll. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a dive room. And, uh, yeah, I'll let the guys tell the story of the show, but up till the actual first band kicked off, I was petrified because I really didn't want to disappoint the guys. Like I, I always yeah. felt like I had to like prove that I could actually bring something to this tour since they have all this history as a band and, uh, you know, and, and, and done a lot of shows. So, um, all that's to say the bands all showed up and I'll, I'll let the guys tell the story, but, uh, yeah, last minute Palooza happened. Nice. Great work. Yeah, Matt is a legend for that because it ended up it ended up being actually at least our favorite show of all time. Yeah, we played, we played hundreds of shows and like it actually ended up being like this this young crowd would just knew how to get down. They just like were freaking moshing from the start. Like crowd. These surfing. are the teenagers that These that snuck in with fake IDs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> well, no, no. So on the fake ID front, the venue the, the venue called me like Matt no one here is even 18 like in and the venue was separated like the, the venue room and then the bar room so they basically weren't allowing anyone to bring alcohol to the venue side so uh, it was like a okay. dry a dry concert room but then anyone 21 up and up can drink in the bar room the venue oh, okay. just wanted to look good and sell tickets and make their cut and all that so they go. they were cool with it you know fucking was, love all ages shows man i wish more people would do it, it but special, it's like when the business model has got to sell the alcohol like the all ages kids man they they they're still getting into getting in the shows. They they're not uh, posturing or anything like that. That's great. Man, exactly. no, no, these kids knew how to get down. Like we That's started fun. our show, and it was actually funny because between each show, they just had a habit of all going outside, mobbing outside together. And then mm-hmm. we start our show. There's basically no one in the venue. We were like, oh crap, did everyone leave? Was everyone here for the other acts? And yeah. then sure enough, we 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 start. Right as we start the first song, they all pour inside, nice. and they no, start the, losing their mind. The shout out Pinewood Derby. One of the guys from Pinewood Derby is like, "Are you about to go on?" I was like, "Yeah, we're about to go on." He's like, "Okay, I'll go grab everybody." Yeah, yeah. and he goes and grabs Legend. the entire squad, and then they nice. come in and just start moshing to our music. And I'm like, "This is Whoa. this is what it's about." <laughs> but yeah, like I took wow. a crowd surfing guitar solo in that show. That was a first. We wring out our shirts with sweat. Yeah, right? we, you got video I mean, for this? We got to see this. Yeah, we do. We do have video. Yeah, for we have video. Yeah, we got nice. Nice. We'll send you some after. Cool. But yeah, that that was I'd say the most like epic last minute one. Like Pensacola, which was state or Florida was state forty nine. The night before it, I'm calling every brewery because we thought one thing was going to work out. It didn't. And so that was like, you know, who would ever take us kind of thing. And we got a cool spot and we had some fans who we who met us in Alabama who drove mm-hmm. like a couple hours out to our show in Pensacola, Florida, and mm-hmm. ended up being 
like both a good merch night and also just like a good like we we were shooting a music video on the beach earlier that day and a couple who was doing a nationwide tour in a van just like like for fun like just traveling around the country we, we you know <laughs> we hit it off with them during our music video shoot and then they came to the <laughs> show and had the best time and like wow really were like supporting us so it was it was so cool man we none of this would have been possible without like really sweet people coming through and, and supporting uh supporting us at these shows and in between so that's yeah, that, that one was I wanna... booked within like less than 24 hours before we played that one was booked like 18 hours before <laughs> whoa and that was that was where in pensacola what was the th what was it was the... it was a brewery honestly the breweries are starting to like blend in my head like i'll yeah. I'll, I'll send you the spreadsheet later that's fine i'm but... like i love this little thing on your website uh so for anyone listening you can check out where's walden tour dot com and it's it's interactive this is really cool where every stop uh of the tour is right here and i can roll my mouse over it and it tells me the date the city you played and then if i click it it usually brings me to the instagram post from that like the recap of that uh show exactly. which is a lot of fun to kind of see all this and it's got all the stats and all that here um and so you ended in nashville the grand finale December 10th. And so you started, let me just get these dates right. So you started in Atlanta on September 10th, 10th and then you ended in Nashville on December 10th, right? 90 days craziness. And you went up the coast, you started in Atlanta, you went up to Maine, then you crossed over. I'm just a step through this all. Then we crossed over um, to Kentucky. We did a little loop-de-loop -loop here. Uh, West Virginia, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan. Then we're going up through the Midwest here. We're hitting Chicago, Madison. Where'd you play in Madison? That's where I'm from. Car Carbon Four Brewing. Don't know that spot, but cool. That was, a, uh, that was another one where we had just uh, out of our control. We had a Saturday Saturday night show booked in Madison, mm -hmm. and through some things that were completely out of our control, that had to be canceled. So that was another mm -hmm. frantic. Oh my gosh will you have us play Monday? And they were like, sure. <laughs> yeah, cool. And then uh, Minneapolis, uh, also a second home for me. Then you got your North Dakota, or you're going through the Dakotas in Montana. Then we're going through up to Washington. We got Seattle coming down the coast through California. Seattle, we flew uh, out to Alaska from Seattle. Oh, shit. Okay, so Seattle, that's when you go to Alaska. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. October 28th in Seattle. Oh, wait, no, you went. Oh, you flew from Seattle. Okay, so you went round trip. So you did October 23rd in Alaska, flew to Seattle, played that show a few days later. Did you spend some time in Alaska? Yes. Yeah, we spent like four days there. Yeah. Wow. How was that? Yeah, was it, your first time there? It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. Um, I. So I, I, I've used a, an app before called Couchsurfing. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Oh, that. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so I've I've just when I've been traveling before I've used couch surfing, but I had met a guy named Tito on couch surfing. I'd I've never actually stayed with him, but leading up to this, he he saw that we were coming to Alaska to play a show, and so he absolutely hooked it up, man. He he found us through his friends. He found us a free Airbnb. They took us on. They they climbed a mountain with us. And we we climbed the snow capped mountain range. It was amazing. And then the next Whoa. day, we we toured a glacier together. So he Whoa. just, yeah, he, he's in, he's, I mean, couch surfing is a very cool app. There's people on there who are just doing that because they love it. And he's, mm -hmm. he's the ultimate host and he showed us an amazing time the whole, whole yeah, stay we, for Alaska. We love to. 
that was amazing. Sick. Mm-hmm. That's and, great. And then we're rewinding for a sec to, yeah. to get to Alaska. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit, but we had a little bit of a live crowdfunding going on our website oh. where people could donate to support different buckets of expenses. So people could donate a tank of gas or they could donate a hotel somewhere Sick. to stay, donate a round of drinks. And so we ended up creating the Alaska fund and then later on the Hawaii fund and we'd announce our shows and, you know, people donated. I mean, we made enough to cover like flights. What was the platform you're using to donate? We built our own website. It yeah. was on the website. So, and I, and I got to shout like out the guys because they PayPal built the or oh, website you have support us here. Everything we used WooCommerce and WordPress. So oh we wow! Built a website with WooCommerce and WordPress. Hell um, yeah! Eric and I had had some previous experience with WordPress, just in you know trying Damn. to pay the bills. And so, yeah, we, we were just accepting, you know, we were using credit card payments. You know, you could just, Kill just it. like you buy any other product. You could. Sure. Oh, yeah. So just, what's, uh, yeah, the site looks great. Who, so you guys designed this? Who's the designer of the group? So, yeah, we hired, um, so actually, here, you, you go ahead. Tell yeah, how you yeah, yeah. So, so I, you know, I, I mostly designed the front end interface of the website. Andrew helped as well. Like Andrew said, him and I had work work experience with day jobs of building websites but all the graphics and all the beautiful stuff you see on the site were actually designed by a, an illustration agency over in japan called ic4 design mm-hmm. i'm putting this up on the screen here because this is so sick so <laughs> this, this whole this whole drawing here was uh is the ic4 what you're saying like yeah, a, that's our a, tour poster. yeah absolutely oh cool the tour poster yeah yeah actually andrew's gonna he's <laughs> gonna statue liberty right winking there cute <laughs> What was that? So Andrew's showing you the the. Yeah, we the got full print poster. out. And- oh wait, hold on. Let me stop sharing so I can see. Oh, there we go. Sick. <laughs> yeah. So it was awesome, man. We I reached out to them. Just found them through a Google search. We were looking for Where's Waldo style illustrators. I found them. I thought it was a total shot in the dark, but I, you know, the whole spirit of this tour was just send the yep. email, see what happens. Cool. They responded to us. They loved the idea. So I yeah. sent them just a couple. I was like, it'd be really cool if we could work in like the Statue of Liberty and maybe, yeah, maybe the Golden Gate Bridge or something. And they they send back the the final poster, and it was just so above and beyond what we had. It's asked so for. incredible! It was, yeah, it was amazing. And, and yeah. so also too, you can't really see on the website, but actually the four of us are snuck into the tour poster, like it like it's where's Wolves. Each of the Where are you? You can see them in Mount Rushmore right there. You can't tell you that. Oh, you? that's you? All right. Oh, yeah. There you go. Andrew is playing the drum right above Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love drum. this. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it was a, it's a piece of the art. Like, it's a, it's a beautiful piece of art that we're, we're so excited that uh, they wanted to be a part of our tour, and we got yeah. to work together on it. The poster's great. What were you selling those at your shows for? Uh, 30 great we ended up dropping it to 25 but we were uh we started them at 30 bucks okay so t- let's talk about your let's talk about your merch game um uh, first off major props on the website on setting up the woocommerce integration with Thank wordpress you. i mean that's no easy feat i know that um and you know you saved you probably made a bunch more money because you didn't have to give up 
uh, commissions to a platform like an Indiegogo or, you know, GoFundMe or something like that, which takes between five to 10 percent of all of it. And so WooCommerce is just the transaction fees of, I'm assuming, around three percent or something like that. So um, cool. So let's talk your merch game, because I'm assuming, you know, with with most of these breweries giving you a hundred bucks, how, how much give me an average of what they're paying like these people. hundred to three hundred maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. So you're making one to three hundred. There were some that? good ones that were over five hundred, like five hundred, eight hundred a grand. Like guarantees. We, yeah. we had we had two breweries do a thousand. Real quick, I want to let you know about Two Lost. Two Lost is a new distribution company to the space, and let me tell you, I am very impressed with them. I I got a full deep dive demo with the founder and yeah they're very innovative and when you come into the distribution space at this stage with how crowded it is you better be innovative and they are yes they will get your music out to spotify apple music all the places plus 450 other outlets around the world they do not take a commission this is why 300,000 artists and labels have already used them they've already distributed 7 million songs they offer payment splitting, and they don't charge your collaborators for this service, for the payment splitting. They will just pay your collaborators directly for free. They have publishing administration with BMG, so you know it's legit. A lot of distributors have have fallen into trouble with using some other uh, less-than-legit pub admin services. Well, 2Loss is partnered with BMG. You know it's legit. They offer Instant royalty advances. Uh, this is something that's very cool. And if you have historical streaming data and you need just a bulk payment up front, they can see how much your music has earned in the past. I'm like, all right, we think we know what you're going to earn in the next three years. Here's a check for 100 grand or whatever it will be. And you can just click a button and get that distributed and um, into your account immediately. They do lyrics and credits distribution for free. They have a very innovative analytics platform where, yes, you will see real-time analytics for Spotify, Apple Music, but also Pandora, Deezer, SoundCloud, and Peloton. They're the only ones that do Peloton. Uh, They also have a service where you can search the internet wherever your music is being used, and it will just show you a chart of Everywhere, every TikTok video, everywhere, every YouTube video, everywhere your music is possibly being used. I've never seen this before. That was very cool. They'll register with SoundExchange, and they have a fraud prevention tool, and they're doing fraud prevention. So if you're worried about your music, you know, getting a bot attack or something like that and getting ripped down, which we've seen is a big issue, uh, they have fraud prevention tools that are better than most other distributors that I have seen. Check out 2Lost. You can just go to 2Lost.com. Use the promo code Ari's Take for three months free and try them out. Let them know what you think. So, so, so tell me this, Matt. How, yeah, how did you? How, all right, so tell me about the negotiation and how this worked, and like, what's the what's the cold pitch email, and then how did you negotiate? Like, how was there such a big range from some shows are a hundred, some shows are a thousand. Totally. I mean, uh, in terms of like the breweries and the bar type shows or just shows in general? All of it. I mean, hey, like the guys put together such an, such an impressive package of, I mean, our EPK and all that. Like, you know, it, it's just really inclusive. And Where's your EPK? You know, Is it still up? Can I see it? Yeah. Uh, the website slash EPK. 
All right. I'm gonna, that's, that's I've never Jim shared my screen during a that. podcast interview before, but I'm doing it this time. So if you're watching on YouTube, you get to see this. If you're listening somewhere else, you can head over to YouTube and see it. But uh, all right. So let me pull yeah. this up here. So pop the EPK up. And then I just have to say, like, the guys have been doing this for a long time. They've played festivals. They've been on tour. Oh, they've supported great. artists. So, you know, to me, it mm-hmm. was like not a, a hard sell. Like these guys have they're awesome performers, like make right. amazing music and you're getting them like for way less than you should be paying them. And mm-hmm. so in the, you know, the guys would never say that to like a brewery owner on the phone, but like I would, because right. I believe that. And I also, you know, having seen the guys, it all clicked for me the first time I saw them in July, I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is a show. Like this is an experience. This is just like a rock band or something like that. Like this is a full mm-hmm full stack experience. Um, so in terms of the negotiations, I, uh, you know, and again, Andrew, actually everyone in the band booked at least one of the shows. So everyone like had their hand in like okay. at least one or two booking. It wasn't like cool. I did everything or Andrew did everything. Like everyone contributed in some way, like Richard's family owns a farm in Hillsboro, North Carolina. And we did a farm show early nice. on. Uh, uh, Eric, hooked us up with that uh, that rafting trip by posting on his Instagram story. Does anybody nice. know any rafting guides in West Virginia and got like five hits and one of them led us to meeting the legendary <laughs> Nate, who's now our boy over wow. in West Virginia. Cool. Um, and Jamie and uh, Rue, uh, Andrew, who, what we call Rue, uh, and I were the ones on the email cold blasting. But the pitch was simple. I mean, I can, I can show you at some point, but, you know, yeah. this band is setting out on a 50-state tour. Oh, go ahead. We, I was just going to jump in and Ari, you were asking about the negotiation aspect. There yeah. honestly wasn't a ton of negotiation. Obviously, Matt, you can tell he's super passionate and he was he was selling us as best as he could. But honestly, it was kind of an aspect of like, take what you can get. You know, when when we're trying to book a last minute show somewhere where we've never played, we don't have, you know, that much right. standing to to just be like, no, we need at least this. But we did our right. best in, in getting what we could get and hoping that people would would be supportive of what we were doing and be willing to maybe have a night where maybe they don't make as much as they normally do, but they have the sure. most unique experience. Matt's sure. also the upgrade king. So like Matt, Matt is a fan, phenomenal negotiator. Like so we went <laughs> to Yosemite um, when we were out in California and we're checking in. We, we got a... Uh, one a of those, heated tent. A heated tent. And he, and Matt's talking to the receptionist. He's like, so what other places can you stay? And they're like, well, they got like the cabins. They got like the, the motel style rooms. And Matt's just like, can we get an upgrade? <laughs> he was never afraid to ask. <laughs> never, and it, was, and it worked I, I was, out. Got, you don't ask, you don't us, get. You, you got us, what, two free hot tubs on this tour? Is that right? Yeah, there were a couple times where like we stayed somewhere and like our, it was like an Airbnb type thing or like a cabin. And you know, like sometimes, you know, you don't get it if you don't ask. And I was like, yep. well, are there any hot tub rooms available? And they're like, yeah, well, there's this one and it costs more. And I was like, well, no one's taking it. Can you just, you know, like there put us go. in the room? And she's like, let me make a quick call. And she asked and I was like, I, I want to bring this to the guys. And lo and behold, we got the hot tub. So, Hell yeah. um, but, but I, I, I think like, you know, I'll, I'll be fully transparent. There, there were a couple of shows where we didn't get a guarantee. You know, it was tips mm-hmm. or it was just merch um, or it was yep. a meal. You know, we got a lot of meals hooked up, a lot of free beer. Like mm-hmm. We were rolling in the free beer. Every yes. brewery afterwards, they did not expect a show of that caliber and professionalism. Right. And they would give us like 
10 six packs of like their craft beers. And, and nice. then we just use those as gifts the next city we went to and like give them away to like people who host us and stuff. Like it was like, like oh, beer yeah. became a commodity that we were trading, uh, like nice. bartering with. It was our currency for sure. It was hell for yeah. sure currency. But I mean, ultimately like, you know, a lot of these places have live music. So they're used to booking bands. They want cover bands or whatever, but you know, like we played a show in university of Connecticut at a bar called Ted's and it's like the college bar and they had like an outdoor area called the cage. And it was a Thursday night and it was packed. It was bumping. Mm-hmm. The dude who booked us loves Walden's music and really promoted it and is trying to get us back right now, which is really cool. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we had a flat fee and it went so well and they gave us extra money. Like, hey, like take this, like you guys deserve this nice. type of thing. Oh, that's great. And, and so for, for every show where it was like a low guarantee or it was like a hundred bucks dinner or whatever, there were a couple where, you know, the the venue really bought into what we were doing. And once they saw the guys perform and do their thing, they're like, how did we get such a steal? And we want right. to like hook these guys up. So cool. um, we were definitely not greedy, but so, we were, I was stern in that. Like I wanted to make sure yeah. the guys got something out of it. Um, right. We even, we donated a show to an air museum in North Dakota. So unpaid, we sold like two t-shirts. I think it was our least lucrative night, but because yeah. it was a nonprofit, we ended up getting a donation letter and are able to write off like a $2,000 donation to that um to that museum so we didn't even know we'd be getting that but you know for tax purposes like that's that's awesome yeah yeah cool okay so um tell me so when you reach out initially um you you said you had a a template and gmail and stuff like that i'm assuming the cost isn't discussed up front it's kind of like we're coming through these are our open dates What's That's what budget? you'd say. You'd say, "What's your Every budget?" Time. Well, What's not budget? not in the beginning. It, it, we were we weren't saying, "What's your budget?" In that first email, the first email was basically right. like, "We're doing this crazy thing. Do you want to be a part of it?" Yeah. Here's some videos, and also like, there are two dates that are going to work. That's it. If yeah. you don't have those dates, we're moving on. So it was it was we had to stick to our routing so much that that was really the key. It was like the first email was like. Here's who we are. If you're yeah. about it, here's yeah. the dates we can be there, and that that is what got started the conversation. And we got a lot of replies. We got a lot of good yeah. replies that were like, "We're booked those dates, but we love what you guys are doing. We're following the tour." So we were cool. like, "Great." Wait, but that, that's but there, there's a story there though. In, in Omaha, Nebraska, we were trying to get this bar, and it had to be this one night. And this bar had a band playing from like eight to twelve, a, like a bunch of like middle aged adults, like cover band horn section really cool and they had mm-hmm. an eight to midnight and it was like a saturday night and so i said to the venue can we play six to seven you know can we can we get in there early and just and get yeah. a set in she's like i don't see why not but the money's been allocated for that band so you know you have to figure it out with them she reaches out to the band and says all right matt here's the dude's info go talk to him so we can talk like drum kit backline and all that and i get on the phone with this guy and he's like all pissed and he's like man like you know, I just got from the venue. They're they're telling me you guys are opening. Like that's cool, but like, man, we had a show last night. We have a show the night after. Like, we don't even want. Like, we need a break. Like, do you guys want our spot? Huh. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah! And so we ended up getting the spot. And then at the end, we got paid like six hundred bucks. And wait, do you have four it, hours worth of music? No, but I I would we we would typically you played the same forty five like, minutes set four times. <laughs> right, it was just on repeat. Um, but okay. you know, we, we had two hour. We had it. We had basically a two hour kind of not cap, cap but two hour cap pretty much. That's what we would go up to. But okay. there were some times where 
people were encouraging us both vocally and financially to keep playing. And we had multiple shows where Matt jumped in on guitar for a post set jam. We right. had, we were Manager switching instruments. Like someone would hop on my drums and I, would you know, go grab yeah. a drink real quick. So that's how we oh, okay. extended it. Fun. <laughs> Yeah, cool. we, we turned it into a party. But yeah, I got this cash envelope from the bar and it was addressed to the other band. <laughs> so it was like pre-sealed, pre-deposited, and they, they they flaked. We took the show. We didn't even do as much music. There was a dude in the crowd who offered to pay us like I think a couple hundred bucks to do an entire set. And we were like, we, we're not doing that, but like maybe a couple more songs. Richard mm -hmm. came out and did like a Jack Johnson like cover solo <laughs> while everyone was going and getting like free tequila shots or something. So we definitely, you know, a lot of audibles. Um, but that's what made it fun was like not every, no, yeah. you know, not no two so shows were the exact same. It's great. So let's talk merch because uh, you know, with a lot some free shows, hundred dollar shows, uh, you know, these lower guaranteed like the the price the prices you're mentioning uh, is not something that can sustain six guys uh, and a van and gas uh, on, you know, uh, for, for 90 days on the road. So I'm assuming merch had a bit to do with covering some of the costs, at least for gas mm. and, and hotels and stuff like that. So tell me about the merch game. Yeah. So um, actually, your article on uh, print on demand was a very valuable resource. We were, All right. I was like, <laughs> we were trying to implement it for so long. And I was like, we just got to figure this out for this tour because one, yeah. we don't have enough space to bring everything on the road. We had, right. we had like our top two seller shirts, like on the road. Other than that, we had samples and then we did the whole thing print on demand. And I think, nice. I think also what's important um, to talk about here is like, so the, the concept of the tour was 50 States. It was called the where's Walden tour 50 States on $50. And what that really means is we started with $50 in our pocket. Okay, um, we did that because we were broke from the pandemic. We were like, we want to do something amazing. Let's not mm -hmm. let finances get in the way of doing what we love to do. So we had, we had $50 in our pocket and we left on the road and we could only use money through ticket sales, merch sales, and donations huh. to make, to, to pay our way and yeah. keep all of us afloat, you know, $20 per diems per member. You know, we got a lot of meals free. Uh, we slept on a lot of floors. Yeah. We, we put together funds to get flights to Alaska, flights to Hawaii. Um, the merch pretty much, if not doubled our, our income, the, the, the guarantee or the show revenue uh -huh. every single night. And that plus the donations, kept us in the green the entire time, which was the goal. We never want to spend that $50 that we left off with. Mm. We want to keep that in our pocket and we're only going to use the money that we made. And we did it through, nice. through the merch, you know, which was great and like a huge hit. Um, and you know, us at the show saying, can we sleep on your floor? Like we're doing this crazy thing. Can you, yeah. us, you know, can you buy us a meal? Can you treat us? Can you treat the band to a tank of gas? Can you yeah. treat the band to a hotel room? Can you treat the band to a round of drinks? You know, we made all these fun, interactive like items, and, and then we shouted them out on the story. You know, we said any yeah. any anybody who donated and treated the band when we're filling up that gas in Maine, we're like, thank you, yeah. you know, whoever for doing this. Like, this is how we are. You know, literally without you, we wouldn't have been able to do this so so you're saying that you did print on demand shirts so you know a lot of these companies I think print on uh, demand as well what's that 
I, we had everything on print on demand on our website. So we use Printful Apps, and posters. you could get yeah. posters too. And, and, and we, and just to jump in, we obviously we had limited space for inventory. We had configured Jamie, who's not here and his dad, who's like an engineer had configured the back of the van to be like a wooden box that had mm. cubbies and like perfect space allocation to fit like guitars here, rack unit here. Like it was measured a masterpiece. Guitar cases, like Literally right? measured. So um, did you but, ship them? Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, so in some cities, like if I didn't have, like, so I ran, I did all the merch sales um, and yeah. sometimes Richard or someone would help me, but I was like the merch guy. Yeah. In some cities we hired, like in New York and Mercury Lounge, we hired an intern for 50 bucks and it was me and that intern doing it together. Sure. But I probably, I, I did a majority of the in-person sales and we had a square reader. Um, okay. And if there was a design someone liked and we didn't have their size, they could of course go on the website, they could order it. But how many people are not going to convert and go home and right. forget? So right. what I would do is I would still pick, I'd show them on, on an iPad or on a phone, the different designs and the sizes, and they tell me what they want. And I'd go on Square, I'd order nice. it, I'd swipe their card. And then later that night, Richard and I were fulfilling orders and huh. getting them to the people because I didn't want someone to want something and then leave yes. without it already placed. And, and 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 doing that, I mean, obviously selling stuff in person is a lot more profitable. You know, you order a hundred t-shirts, you know, those are gonna cost you know, X amount, but if you do print on demand, the margin's a lot smaller. So obviously in-person sales were key, but we almost sold out our in-person stuff. I mean, we did a big order of a, co a popular t-shirt that we still have some leftovers from, but like a couple Where's Walden t-shirt designs sold out, like the like a new design sold out in the first three shows. I sold all 50 t-shirts and we're like, well, shit, we got to order more. And then when you would order more, are you ordering from a, a bulk inventory yes. printing okay and then you have it shipped to a, a venue or something like that so like yeah. a, a family member's house or okay you know I, we have to also just shout out all the family and friends who like either let us crash with them or you know let us use like my friend jackson lent us a drone and we got drone footage and thank shout out jackson um there's an amazing story from the second night and i want to let eric take the story involving charleston which was night two of the to tour not uh september 11th uh saturday night and we did not know where we were staying. And I'm I'm setting up merch. So night two, I'm still getting my feet wet with running merch and stuff. And this dude walks in and he's like, "Hey, I just wanted to say I am really excited for the show. I I vetted you guys, and I'm 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 looking forward to it." And I was like, "No way!" He's like, "Yeah, we I come here all the time. It's a popular spot. It was called Tobin's Market." And he's like, "And I you know I look up the bands and I really liked it." And so you know so show starts. Uh, it was a two set show. Uh, I'm gonna let Eric take it from here. Yeah, I mean, so uh, essentially what happened is that just when we got back on the the mics for the start of the second set, mm -hmm. I sort of kicked things off by just being like, hey, you know, we just want to mention that we don't know where we're staying tonight. <laughs> so if anyone has a, a floor we can crash on, that'd be amazing. Come talk to us. And then we just rolled into the first song. And, and so <laughs> and then sure enough, that same guy comes up to us after the show and him and his wife were like, we'd love to host you. And nice. even though he was like, we have four empty bedrooms and we'd <laughs> love to host you. There you go. Yeah. Like yeah. and, and he didn't just turn out to be like any stranger either. He he was he's a famous ESPN sports writer. We, we had no idea. And yeah. so and we, he ended up we got back at like one AM. We basically had to like break into his house. We thought we were waking up his whole family. <laughs> And he's, he's in there waiting for it. He's still up. Hmm. And so we ended up having beers with him and hanging cool. out and just telling stories. It was, it was amazing. And they made us pancakes in the morning. 
<laughs> wow, true. that's great. Yeah. So, so all right, let's um So big picture takeaways now from all of this. Um what would you say if you were to do this all over again, what did you learn? What would you do differently this time? Book further in advance. And how far in advance did you start this? So you left, uh, where did I put it down? September some 10th, you left. When did you start the booking process? Uh, a few months before that, probably. Um, okay. But- no, no, you guys started in April. I think you I think you got, uh, you, you hit up, I think, New York and Atlanta, like April, or maybe May. Most of the anchor dates, yeah, we're taking care of four, four plus months before okay. leaving on the tour. But everything else... For the, I mean, like I said, we had the East Coast run up through the Northeast and then through Chicago. Yeah, pretty much booked out, but and up in Madison. But past that, yeah, so that would help. But on the other hand, the 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 urgency of some of our requests did come out to have some of the most amazing shows of the tour. So obviously, that's not something you want to do. Is like plan to be in a terrible situation where you're desperate for a show three days before but some like the philly show some of the things were were but you definitely the promotion aspect if we had some of the shows booked a month or two earlier we would have been able to promote a lot better and that's really the key is that the 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 word spreading would have just had more days to take hold so that that really would have been huge something else that i just want to note that made this tour successful that we just mentioned very quickly and glossed over is the fact that we were carrying a sound system with us mm-hmm. so these brewery shows these little last minute things where it's like we just are like please let us play a huge aspect of that was us being able to say we're bringing our own sound every single thing all we need from you is a power outlet and we're running our own sound. We're our own sound engineers. Do you have lights well. too? So we didn't have, we, we, we did have some lights. We, okay. we didn't have Nothing a fancy, fancy light setup, but we had some floodlights and some cool vibe lights. And so, you know, if we played a house party, we could set up the vibe a little bit, but cool. that was a, that was a huge key that we would definitely do again and would be a huge recommendation for anyone trying to do something in a similar style. Mm-hmm. You have a sound system. The the possibilities are endless. You can show up to a farm and play on a farm, right. an extension. Right. You can show up on a beach and and it helps if you have stuff that sounds good. And right. so we're lucky enough to to put that in our budget pre-tour, getting that. Um, yeah. but that's a huge thing. Cool. Cool. We had to sell some stuff in order to buy some stuff. Um, <laughs> so it was some some transfers of assets, you know, sell this piece of gear so we can get QSC mains and things like that. Um, I would, I mean, not to toot your horn, Ari, but I didn't read your book till after the tour. I would, I wish I read it before. There were a lot of great, like, <laughs> golden nuggets in there that would, I reading it, I read it in January. And I remember being Correct like, answer. No, I'm just kidding. I was, no, I was like, <laughs> shit. Like, somebody actually yeah. already, like, I was, I didn't know anyone who had done this type of tour DIY. Like, sure. I didn't even, I don't know if anyone's done like 50 states and, and whatnot. And so, you know, a lot of it, we were just figuring out, Googling how to do shit and like mm-hmm. asking for help, posting on our Instagram stories. I post my Instagram stories. Who do I know in DC or yep. New York homies? Like, who's in town? And then I get DMs and stuff. So, in hindsight, I would have loved to have like, like, of course, marketed the shows more and stuff. We didn't do any paid advertising. We thought that sure. kind of was against the spirit of doing this on such a tight budget. And so sure. it was all word of mouth. Um, I would have loved to have had a really, really great video editor 
not with us, but someone we can defer a lot of the content creation to because a lot sure. of that fell on Eric and Richard um, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and some friends. And so it was it was definitely it was tough to uh, like consistently be, be posting content. We had a social media manager who kicked butt, but we were her first client. She's like fresh out of school, so you know she's learning with us type of thing. Cool. And so it was like there are a lot of lessons that on the marketing side that would have been really great to like like to utilize before some of these shows um, you're just but stretched, i wouldn't have changed a thing you're stretched a bit thin i'd say with how tight of a schedule it was um so yeah like the promo and marketing and like on your day off or your first day off in like eight days it's like yeah should we make TikToks to promote the new york show or should we like sleep <laughs> yeah 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 it was oh man it was we, we were we were going like it yeah. was it was a it was a non-stop grind and you know we'd go hiking as much as we could i mean we i think we took a lot of time to really enjoy you know the nature and the scenery around us in different cities you know specifically you know we were in some state like north dakota we were in for four hours but hawaii alaska colorado chicago we were in for four days and so we were Mm. able to see friends and you know i I mean we tried to journal um and like you know stay mindful and like document you know our feelings and things like that as we went i think richard did the best job of that um i'd peek over the van and he's like typing away um but i think like taking more time to really soak it in you know even as talk talking with you about it now um three months after the fact or two and a half months after the fact you know so many feelings and uh experiences and emotions are coming back in terms of like we were like we were going like it was my first I, I've driven cross country multiple times, but it was my first like tour and I've always wanted to be on tour. And these guys had been on tour before. And like, so they, they kind of like were showing me the ropes and then it got to the point where I was like, wait, I'm the manager. I need to like, I need to like keep us together and like get shit done. Like, I don't care if we're tired, we have to book a show or we have to get like the, the, the graphic out on Instagram. And, and, you know, the, and like, like, like my, my motto on the road was that the, the van was the new garage. Like we mm-hmm. were a startup and we were building as we flew out mm-hmm. of this van and we did three hour driving shifts. Everyone drove except Sam, our photographer, because we always wanted him editing mm-hmm. um, and, and <laughs> such. And we would take shifts. And I mean, there were some times where from Vermont to Horse Cave, Kentucky was a 17 plus hour drive with a pit stop at Niagara Falls. And, mm-hmm. you know, toward the end, we were like, are we going to make it to our friend's house? And then Andrew and I just champed it and everyone passed out in the back and wow. he and I are bumping Eminem like yeah. <laughs> drinking sodas and red bulls eating candy yeah. and like we were like <laughs> determined like we had the whole tour was very mission focused and like broadly speaking it was play 50 you know playing all 50 states starting with 50 dollars yeah. but yeah. more specifically it was like get to the next you know city like get mm-hmm. somewhere like book a show like it was very like you could point to like the deliverable that had to happen for this thing to like succeed and even yeah. looking back especially with like the pandemic happening and everything like we are so blessed and lucky that like people we met on the road, fans, family, you know, new fans, like it, I, we can't thank the people enough who supported us because between sleeping in one bedroom apartments and crashing like on sleeping pads and, and, and eating ramen noodle and things like that, like that, a lot of sacrifices had to be made by our, our parents, you know, who mm-hmm. supported us and, 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 and such and like hosted and fed us and just so many different pieces. And it just really like, it's, it's like heartwarming because it yeah. was uh, like, it's not like we like the guys. I think I wasn't originally going on the tour when I first when the tour when they uh, came up when we came up with the idea. I wasn't even managing Walden yet. That didn't really like fully kick into gear till like July. Yeah. Leading up to then, I was just like pestering the guys, like, "Hey, like, you make any progress yet? Like, how's it going? Like, you want to jump on a Zoom?" And in the back of my mind, I was like, "I, I want to work with these dudes." But at the same time, 
like they were just just flying you know like just going on the fly going and booking and like they're yeah. they're gonna get the job done and you know like I think the six, I don't think we could have done it the way we did it without the core six of us who were on that and Vanny. I mean, we, our van, their van is, is, was, was the, was the real MVP here. So (laughs) yeah, it was, I would, I don't know if I would change anything, but a lot of lessons have been learned. And a lot of those lessons we want to share with people like on this podcast Mm -hmm. and in making short form content and maybe a documentary, like there's a lot of like juice or, or, uh, you know, good jujus and things like that. And we just want to be able to pay that forward to other artists and other, other bands who want to pull off similar feats. Nice. Nice. Cool. Um, (laughs) that's great. Uh, so, um, you know, it is really cool to, to hear that there's, there were six of you part of this tour, um, four in the band, Matt, the manager, Sam, the cam, and, uh, and you all had your roles. You all pulled your weight. And like, what's so cool is like people who are listening to this or not watching this, they probably are having a hard time differentiating who's the manager speaking and who's the artist speaking, which is not always the case. Like when I interviewed um, um, Roger Shahayed, uh, who's the nominated uh, for best uh, for producer of the year this year for a Grammy, and his manager. Um, it was very clear in that conversation who the manager was and who the artist was. And any of the creative artistic questions, you know, Roger took. And then any of the business questions, uh, his manager took. And it's cool to see you guys that you're all, you're partners in this operation. And you all pull your weight. You know, you're you're mentioning how... Um, Eric and Richard, uh, they're doing some of the editing and stuff like that because it's like we all, everyone's got their skills and, and you know, Andrew did a bit of the booking here and it's just like everyone's kind of pulling their weight, um, which I'm, you know, I'm guessing is the reason that this was a success. Uh, would you, I mean, you made it, you did all 50 shows, you came out, you came back in one piece, uh, you're alive. Uh, I guess I should it. ask you, do you consider this a success? Absolutely. Yes. Without a hundred percent. We, I mean, yeah. we even, even purely from the experience perspective, 100% mm-hmm. a, a success. And then we profited on this thing. Like, so like let's talk cheddar here. What are we talking? Yeah, like, yeah, we're, Gro- we're talking gross cheddar. numbers. Let's talk, let's talk gross numbers. Let's talk profit. Matt, you we, got you want to pull yeah, we we don't even have to shy around. I mean, between everything, we grossed just uh, just shy of eighty thousand dollars. It was like seventy nine wow. and, and something. And merch was the largest revenue stream. Not Amazing. gonna lie, um, we got a sponsorship with a brewery who actually that we actually didn't talk about that Narragansett Brewing in Rhode Island. I hit them up just like to book a Check show, it out. and we had custom beer cans made. <laughs> so <laughs> that's sick. <laughs> they love the concept. They love the branding. They're like, yo, we're down for a show, but can we sponsor you? And we had talked about getting sponsors and I I'd gotten sponsors for a festival I put on in Michigan. So like I had mm-hmm. experience like pitching brands, but there were so many moving parts at any one point that it was hard to ever like not be in booking mode or not be in TikTok mode or not be in like, right. like let's get healthy and make a, a quality meal mode type of thing. So, you know, uh, sponsorship, we got, we got a few thousand dollars of sponsorship. We, I got to say the profit margin um, ended up being like the amount we profited was almost identical to how much was donated. So if you look at just like all of the uh, the, the revenue earned from t- uh, touring or from shows, merch and sponsorship, that pretty much equaled our costs. And then anything people donated ended up being the margin. So and when you mean uh, donated, what do you mean by donated? 
that so, that means yeah. uh like we talked about we had merch items that were not physical merch items buy us a tank of gas forty dollars only buy on the website so not at the shows the it's not like a tip jar you're but, talking but at, at this right. same time well, for, well we did do tip okay. jars but also so we had like a barcode that we put on our van and it was a magnet and you'd a scan it and it would take you to our website QR code i'm oh, sorry okay. a qr code and we'd be driving on i was like driving us into new york city we were in like bumper to bumper traffic and some dude looks at us waves donates 25 dollars. Huh. we're at a gas station in maine and we're just like filling gas and this woman comes up and was like are you guys really a band touring all 50 states and richard was the one who was speaking with her and he's like yep we're doing the thing and she's like here's some money and just like handed us cash nice and, you know wow. like those type of tips Sick. go a long way but then and then she know, came back just, to buy a hat she came back to buy a hat, but taking it even a step further, I'm not going to name names, but we were in the most random city in Oregon and it's a brewery and the guys were like low energy. We were all like really tired. We had, it was just Halloween in San Francisco and you know, like it, it, we, we were tired and um, anyway, we do the show and the brewery could not have been nicer. It's called Too Shy Brewing and a woman, I'm running the merch right at the entrance and a woman walks in and she comes up to me at the, at the merch booth. She goes, is that Richard Becker on guitar? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, she, this is Walden. And I'm like, fuck yeah, it's Walden. And she, <laughs> she's like, like, like I'm there. I'm from, I'm from Roswell, Georgia. I'm, I, my son went to school with them. Like I know oh, these cute. guys. And she's like, don't say anything. You know, don't tell the guys. And then at some point during the set, you know, there was like a, a moment of silence, and then she like stood up or something and was like, you know, can you believe someone from Roswell or from Pope? You know, whatever it was. Like she shouts it out, and the guys were just like, holy shit. And then at the end of the night, she gave us a few hundred bucks. And she was like, this nice. will probably help you get, she's like, this should help with a few hotel rooms. And we were like, we can't take this from you. Like you, that is too kind. And she's like, no, like you're taking it. And things like that, it just kind of piled up um, and people supporting us. Um, and, you know, the love was real. The guys are all, you know, like standout dudes. And they had friends mm -hmm. and family all over who were like, we love Walden. We love what they're doing and we want to support this mission. So, you know, here's 50 bucks to get to Hawaii or here's 80 bucks for a hotel room, or here's, you know, I, funny story. We were, I was selling merch to someone and she, she bought two t-shirts. I'm like, thank you. know, this is amazing. Like this is probably going to buy us Taco Bell for the night. And that was mm -hmm. a sales tactic. And then she said, wait, you guys are eating Taco Bell. And then she donated $150 <laughs> and said, get something better than Taco Bell. And <laughs> I proceeded to use that a couple of times. Yeah. It got a little, a little bit old, but it, it worked. <laughs> and it was genuine because we were going to get, we had Taco Bell like three times a week. I think one thing that's important came home to note, alive. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I think one thing that's important to note too is like I think especially in 2022, by this point, every musician's either thought about or done a Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Mm -hmm. And I think all of us have this like really deep rooted fear and we just cringe about ever having to do one ever again. Yeah. And you know, we were in a tight financial spot and from the start of this, we were thinking like how can we gamify this? How can we make this fun to participate mm. in and not just feel like we're taking your money, but instead you're getting to be part of this big adventure with a with a clear goal, play in all 50 states. And so yeah. like we talk about raising money for the flights, but we didn't just take people's money. In, in exchange for that, we were like, we're gonna send you a, a signed Polaroid from our oh, adventures. Wow. Cool. You know, and we we mailed those out just a few weeks ago. You know what I mean? So and a handwritten card. Exactly. Nice. So, nice. so that, you know, we were always thinking about how do we make this fun for everyone, not just fun for us, not just like we're, we're, we're free riders that are, are taking yeah. your money and having the time of our lives, but think about how can people get involved with this in, in 
also take joy out of it. And and we yeah. got so many messages from people who were super inspired by what we were doing. Just thought it was really creative yeah. and inspired them to kind of think outside of the box about what they're doing. That's great. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I think everyone listening and I can especially relate on the, the cringing at the, at the Kickstarter, the, the crowdfunding campaign, but this is a, a way more fun of a way to go about, uh, you know, is a full adventure. And I did see that, you know, the, it's, it's a, it's an easy thing to, uh, explain to people at the gas station or on stage or wherever we're an indie band uh from nashville we're doing 50 states on 50 dollars. we're playing you know playing every single state and people get excited about that that's a story that they can tell and it always comes down to the story people need something to latch on to and that's the tagline that's a log line and so like i'm always you know when i'm talking to musicians and and I'm just like, what makes you different? What sets you apart? And it's just like, you know, we spent this whole hour, we haven't even touched on your music, which is excellent, by the way. I really, I really dig, I really dig the sound. Um, yeah, I really, I, uh, yeah, I'm a fan. Um, we didn't even talk about the music because it's like, this is the story, you know? <laughs> and, and, oh, by the and way, you guys the- make music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But you're on the new music business, you know, podcast, and so that's what that's what we're here to talk about. Once you go on Song Exploder, you can talk about the songs and the music. But, um, <laughs> you know, so but that's but that's the thing. It's it's like this is the story uh, of the band of the moment right now, and that's what's exciting. And I was like, you know, I was browsing your Instagram and seeing how you know the dude in Missouri was so excited by the mission he bought three hundred dollars worth of merch and all of that stuff, and you know. Legend. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so you have all of these people that are so excited to be part of this journey. And mind you, like, we haven't talked about this or mentioned this. It's like looking at your numbers, you know, is like we're in this obsessed uh, society and culture, uh, especially in entertainment right now, where we're all like neurotic about everybody's numbers. And it's like numbers don't tell the full story. Like, you know, your Instagram sits below 10,000 followers and, you know, your Spotify uh, is at around like uh, 16, 17,000 monthly listeners with uh, like a million plus streams or whatever. That's like, if you, if you glance at these numbers, there's no way that I would have expected saying that after a tour, you're grossing $80,000 and that you're even able to go on a tour. Most people are like, well, I can't tour until I got a billion streams and like, you know, 10 million followers. That's the thing is, is like, you're a perfect example of it's just like, no, you got great music, you put on a great show, and if you put in the work, you can make it happen and fuck the numbers because like the numbers don't like they don't tell any part of the story and it's all fleeting and negligible at this point too. It's just like what a what what are these what are streams, what are views, what are followers, you know? And it's just like the con- the connection and the reaction that you get from these people at these shows, like you can't quantify that in a number on social media. Mm-hmm. And so like you you guys talk about the experiences that you have and like, yeah, I mean, that is that is not quantifiable. Uh, and so it's like that and, and the fact that you guys, you know, you're all saying this was a, a success and we it's like however you measure success, um, you know, that's all that's all extremely personal. And so I want to actually end the segues us into uh, the final question that I ask everybody who comes on the show. Um, and that is, what does it mean to you to make it in the new music business? 
I think it's doing exactly what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Not everyone wants the same thing out of this industry. And for us, the pandemic finally made us sit down and take a look at what do we want our career to look like? For so long, we've just been playing the game of like, mm-hmm. what's an indie band supposed to do to be successful? We're just going right. to play the game until we, we, it finally works out for us. And yep. like you yep. said, we were so obsessed with chasing the numbers. And finally, we, we realized like, wait, maybe we can hack this. Maybe we can live the exact type of career that we want just yep. by being creative and clever. And not, we don't have to wait till we have 30 million streams on a song to right, tour right. The, all 50 states. And so that, that was the beauty of this tour is we actually lived out exactly the type of career that we'd want anyways. It was our, it was our dream tour. And we actually made it happen just by being clever and inventive instead mm-hmm. of sitting around and making excuses, waiting till some industry person comes and, and becomes our Jesus. I love that. Uh, Eric, thank you. Uh, does anyone else want to add anything? No, Matt. Matt, you you probably have a different angle. I mean, not to put you on the spot, but yeah. I mean, I, I love the I love the question because I think about it in general. Like, what does it mean to make it? Right. Like, not just in the new music industry, but I think about mm-hmm. it. And broadly speaking, you know, like more more specifically, like I think you've made it in the new music business if you can, you know, if you can support yourself doing what you love to do artistically, um, mm-hmm. whatever that means. If that means, mm-hmm. you know being able to retire on it or, or if it means you can travel the country with your friends. I think that's mm. one take, but um, more broadly, if you love, I think if, and this applies to any industry, if you love what you do, you're doing what you love and you're surrounded by people who support you and who, um, you know, you can have fun with and can enjoy like this, this life you get. And to me, you've made it and in, in any industry um, because a lot of people are chasing the clout or the finances or this and that. And I've always believed that people who work hard, um, you know, to, you know, those who stay, uh, all good things ha- happen to those who stay true. I think Tupac said that, um, I'm a big believer in just doing what, what you feel and, and being self-aware. And so to me, yeah, if you've made it, if you love what you do and you're surrounded by, by amazing people. And I've thought about that the whole tour, you know, well, nice. even if we're playing this room or we've sold this many tickets, like, I feel like we've made our dream tour have come true. And at the end of the night, it's the, the six of us hanging out and being together and, you know, were there, were there moments where we bickered? Yeah. But, you know, we came out of this closer than ever. And, you know, I think that I speak for everyone. I say it was the, you know, it was the tour of a lifetime. Cool. Yeah. And we could, we literally couldn't have done it without Matt and Sam. So yeah. they awesome. are incredible people and amazing team <laughs> members. So cool. Yeah. Well, Walden, thank you guys. Thank you, Matt. Thank you uh, for being a part of it. This is uh, a lot of fun and, and uh, I wish you all the best. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks Sorry. 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 It was so cool. Thank you. is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com.